is good, everyone. It is Bobby Daytona. Hey, guys, you already know what the deal is. I am back at it with another episode. This one, this one is about falling in love with the impossible. So, you gotta tune in. You gotta check it out. And let's go. I've got to tell you a story that most people, when they hear, they dismiss it because of how remarkable it truly is. Back at the very beginning of August, I woke up, and this was the third night in a row that I had woken up in cold sweat. And I'd woken up in cold sweat because I could literally feel my heart skipping one beat, my heart skipping two beats. And so I was waking up trying to remind myself, heart, please beat so that I can live. Heart, please beat so that I can live. And the following day, I didn't go to the hospital that night. I probably should have. But the following day, I put on the running shoes and I ran 1.2 miles over to the hospital to have some x-ray work done on my chest just so they could see and just so I could learn what it was that was going on. And one of the gentlemen that came in there and actually took shots of my chest um, set up this plate behind my back. And not only was he taking images of my heart, but he was taking images of my lungs. And this plate is about 18 inches long, about 12 inches wide. And so he centers it up uh, at the top of my back, and he shoots an image. And I'm not able to see what it is that he's looking at, but he shoots this image, and his first thought, and the first thing he says underneath his breath is, whoa. And he says it kind of just like that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not something that you typically hear someone say when they shoot an x-ray through your chest as well. That doesn't make sense. And so, you know, I quickly dismiss it because I don't want to even think about what it is that the guy is talking about. But he moves that plate down my back. So now it's lower down on my back. And he shoots another image. And he says, whoa, (laughs) exactly like that. And I was like, look, you got to tell me what it is that's going on right now. Like, what are what are you seeing? And um, at this point in time, I stand at about uh, 5'11 and a half, but honestly, I'm about 5'10. It's okay. It's the same exact height as Rocky. Consider me like Rocky. But um, what he tells me is that, you know, my lungs are basically the entirety of my back. And that the size of my lungs, he's only ever seen on people that are six foot six plus, six foot seven plus, on giants. And they're in my back. I've been waking up for three nights in cold sweats trying to remind my heart to beat because for whatever reason, I'd worked my system way too hard. I'd put way too much pressure on it. And they told me just simply, you know, what it is that you're doing, you can kill yourself. And that's serious. But it made me think about all those times that I was growing up. And, you know, I grew up playing competitive soccer, although I was never too competitive myself for a handful of reasons. Uh, Mainly, I I think I probably lacked the discipline to be in the arena when I should have been. But that's besides the point. My biggest issue with the game of soccer growing up is that I never had the right conditioning. I never had the right fitness. And on top of this, I was asthmatic, meaning that when I would work hard, you know, if I would sprint in one direction, sprint in another, if you think of 
your lungs like you know a gallon jug, and what you're trying to do is basically fill that entire jug with air, what happens when you're asthmatic is half of that jug is filled with water because the postules within your lungs are actually filling with the fluid. And what happens in this situation is that that 100% capacity that you should have had within your lungs is now reduced to half, meaning that you can only get half the amount of oxygen into your blood system as if you had the full capacity. And here I am, I have just found out that my lungs are the lungs of giants. And I am blown away, and my heart is still skipping beats, but this time for a different reason. And I think to myself, how it is that I got to that point? How is it that I was able to put myself through such a ringer, through so much pain, months of agony, where it quite literally hurt to walk? And the only way that I could stop hurting walking was getting into a bath with Epsom salt. But it's not like it was just a bath. It's I turned the water on as hot as I could, and then I got in, and it would burn me. It burned my entire system. And within seconds of being in that body of water, in that pool, I guess really in the tub, I would be sweating, just absolutely drenched in sweat. It was not a fun thing. And I think about the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles that I put in. A lot of it waited, a lot of it not waited. And I think about all of the times that I wanted to quit, but I said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep going because I've got something to prove to myself. I've got a deep-seated longing within myself to find someone who's a champion, to find someone who, regardless of circumstance, regardless of how big the challenge might appear, they're going to go through it. They're going to do it. Because what I found out is that not only are those people rare in our society, but it's rare for most people to even want to try to become that person. And I recognize that what it is that I did over the course of you know, a decade, and really this past year, is I fell in love with the impossible. I fell in love with the process of literally being able to put myself through so much pain. And it wasn't about the pain per se, but I fell in love with the process of trying to grow. That I was able to do something that people would consider a miracle. Think about that. My lungs were never that size. I was able to grow my lungs. I was able to grow my heart. And if that seems supernatural, mystical, beyond belief, I've got the photos to show you. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the wildest things that ever happened to my life. And I only say that so that I can share this, is that the only way to really achieve at the highest level within, I would say, the three pillars of your life being relationships, so the wife with, or relationship with the spouse, um, with your family, with coworkers, with bosses, with your community. So that's the first pillar. With the second pillar, uh, with your career, your work, your calling. And the third pillar, with your health. The only way that you actually get the most out of each one of these three things it's not by loving every single day what it is that you're doing. I mean, that's a very obvious thing to understand that we're not always going to love the days. But 
there has got to be something deeply tied within you as to why it is that you are working to improve each one of those specific pillars. And the way in which you improve each one is you invest time. And you invest time every day over an extended duration. And you're linking this time to a deep value, a value system that you hold in mind that you pull from every single time that you ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? That's the question I was asking myself. Why am I running to the hospital when it feels like my heart is skipping beats, which it was? Why am I doing this? (laughs) And you're going to find out you either are passionate about it or you're passionate about just this one thing or you're going to move on. And the greatest sabotaging that you can do for yourself is just moving on because we live in a world and our society is comprised around going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing without ever fully committing to just one thing. That's what it takes. You've got to fully commit.